Hello, folks. Welcome to Notoriously Episcopalian, a podcast of sermons from me, Kelly Hudlow, an itinerant Episcopal priest in Alabama. Thanks for listening. This is a sermon for the sixth Sunday of Easter, May 22, 2022, offered at the Episcopal Church the Messiah in Heflin, Alabama. The principal text for the sermon is John chapter 14, verses 23 through 29, part of the Farewell Discourse. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said to them, Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Now, every now and again, I will come across something that Jesus says that draws me up short, and I'll be honest, leaves me shaking my head saying, Yeah, right. Right? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. Clearly, Jesus did not know what it was going to be like to live in the year 2022 with everything that we have going on, right? Would Jesus really look at us today and say, two years into a pandemic, do not let your hearts be troubled? Or with gun violence and racial tension and political discord and name-calling and families fighting and everything that we can add to this list, would Jesus really say to us, do not let your hearts be troubled? I think to understand what Jesus is saying, we have to remind ourselves where we are in this story in the Gospel of John. We're sort of dropped down in the middle of a scene. We don't know where we are. And so when we zoom back up, what we realize is that we're actually on Monday, Thursday. This is Jesus' last night with his disciples. This is what we call the farewell discourse, where Jesus goes through these long passages of teachings trying to prepare his disciples for what is to come. And so when Jesus talks about do not let your hearts be troubled, when he's talking about how he'll go away and the Holy Spirit will come, it is in response to a question from Judas, not Iscariot. Um, so another unfortunate soul uh, with, a, with a name that would go down in infamy, right? So Judas, not Iscariot, says, how will you reveal yourself to us, the disciples, and not the world? So how do we know who you are? And Jesus, in very typical fashion, doesn't really answer Judas, not Iscariot's questions. He instead wants to point to the fact that Judas, not Iscariot, has kind of missed the point. And so Jesus points the disciples back to the fact that in loving Jesus, God the Father will love them. And it's through that love, love of Christ, love of God that will allow God in Christ to make a home with us. Now, the Holy Spirit is going to come to teach us everything that we need to know and remind us all that Jesus taught us. And so as much as I would like to say, surely Jesus did not mean for us to take seriously Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. The Holy Spirit stands here and says, no, you are to be reminded that Jesus told you just that. And not just that. Jesus said, I'm going to give you peace. Not like the world gives, but peace only I can give. 
And so when we think about what we consider in the world to be peace, we think that we're calm, that we don't have any conflict, that we're secure financially, right? We have enough food to eat. We're getting along with our neighbors. But that's not the peace that Jesus offers. Jesus offers something more, a peace that is going to be built on resurrection, a peace that is at the heart of it built on the fact that God is present with us right now. Jesus speaks of this peace knowing that in just a few moments he would leave his disciples and be arrested and killed. There is no agony in the garden in the Gospel of John. We do not see Jesus troubled by what is about to come. Instead, we see Jesus teaching his disciples and showing through his life what it means to be at peace with understanding that God is fully present. But Jesus also knows that his disciples are scared. And so in that moment, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Now, I think for most people, we are most troubled by things that we did wrong yesterday, things that we are trying to do in the present, and what we're really afraid of is the future and not knowing what is going to happen. And I don't think that Jesus is just telling us to ignore all of that, right? If he was, he wouldn't have addressed the disciples' concerns to begin with. Instead, what Jesus is saying is you have to remember where God was in the past, where God is in the present, and where God will be in the future. We gather each week, right? We do the same thing every Sunday. We read ancient scripture. We pray ancient prayers. We sing hymns that the church has sung throughout history. But then we also pray for current events. We lift up the needs and concerns of our community. But then we also proclaim hope for a future where God makes the world right. Right? We don't just hope for this future. This isn't just some idealistic thing that we hold together. We believe that when we come here and we worship together and we celebrate the Eucharist, that we are calling into being the reality of God's future. It's the reality that we get in the book of Revelation today, right? Revelation isn't about that at some point we get to escape this world and go off to heaven and everything's going to be fine. It's about the fact that heaven comes to earth, that God comes and dwells with the world in a way that God hasn't yet before. Where we don't need temples and churches to go find God because God is everywhere. We don't need flashlights and lights and lamps or anything like that because the light of God fills everything. Where the new Jerusalem that comes to earth is a place of life and abundance and healing. And where we will all see God's face. Not even Moses got that. Moses only got to see the backside, if you remember that story, right? But the future that God promises is that we are so reconciled to God that we will meet God face to face. And as Christians, right, it's this vision of this future, this future of healing and life and abundance, not in a far off place, 
not in some place made up, but right here, right now, that is our hope. It's a hope that God can be completely with the world and that where relationships and justice are perfected, where all these things that we see that's wrong with the world will be made right. It's this vision that is supposed to give us peace. But it's also this vision that probably troubles our hearts the most because we look at the world and we say, how far away are we from this heaven come to earth? And this is when it helps to be nerdy. Because the word that we translate as troubled from the Greek doesn't mean the way I think Southerners mean troubled, right? When we talk about being troubled, what we're really saying is that we have empathy or compassion for a situation. We care about what is happening to the people and the places and the things that are involved. But the word that we translate as troubled literally means to move back and forth or to be agitated, right? Jesus is saying, don't let your heart be movable back and forth. Let your heart rest in God. And when you let your heart rest in God, then you don't have to be afraid. You can stop the cycle of moving back between the world and fear and anxiety and just rest in the presence of God. Jesus isn't saying don't care about what's happening in the world. Because Jesus clearly cared about his disciples and those that he came to save. But what he is saying is that when you believe and hold this future that God promises as reality... That your heart can be calm and can rest in the peace of God. Because we can look at the past, right, where we normally find our guilt, where we're normally troubled or find shame. But we look in the past and we can go all the way back to the beginning of creation. And what we see in that story again and again is that God acts and God saves and God is with us. And we can look to the future. We can read the book of Revelation and see the promises that God offers. And we see again that God acts and God saves and that God will be with us. So guess what, friends? That means that right now, what God is doing in the world is acting and saving and seeking us and is present with us. And the Holy Spirit is always here to remind us of that again and again. So yeah, Jesus meant us to take it seriously. He offered a peace the world cannot give because the world cannot give us the vision and the fullness of what God promises us in the life of Christ when we hold each other together in love of neighbor and in love of God. But it is this peace, right, that steadies our heart, that allows us to continue on a course to bring love and justice and compassion and healing and reconciliation to all the broken places that we see in the world. It is a love and a peace that is built absolutely on setting our hearts in the belief that God has truly made a home with us and is one with us. Amen.